Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health, helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. My name is Brian Tome. I'm not your average pastor, and this isn't your average podcast. Join me and millions of other listeners growing spiritual muscles far away from what your mother knows with her quilted Bible cover case. Search The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guests, Heather Bezura Urquhart and Elizabeth Kennedy to the show today. These are two very special people in my life and I'm excited to talk about gender pronoun identity because I think it's such an important issue that our society needs to recognize and address today. And just a little background. So Heather Pizura Urquhart is my best friend from high school. I've known her over 25, 30 years. She's a learning consultant at a child study team at a school in New Jersey, and she's an LGBTQ plus advisor for a club at her school. Heather's been in education since 1999, where she has experienced teaching elementary school students, middle school students, and special education. Heather coached female athletes at the high school level in basketball and softball. She's also a licensed real estate agent in New Jersey. Heather graduated from Pace University with a Bachelor of Science in Elementary Education and a Master of Science in Curriculum and Instruction. She also has a post-master certificate from Keene University as a learning disability teaching consultant, which is what she currently does for her career. Elizabeth Kennedy is my goddaughter. I've known her entire life. She goes by the pronouns she, they, and she's my amazing beacon of light into issues that affect the Generation Z in our society. And Currently, Lizzie goes to Florida State University. She's pursuing two bachelor degrees in political science and international affairs, and she's an advocate for human rights. And a little background on this episode. I decided, I've been talking about this episode with Elizabeth and, and Heather for a while. I felt now's the time to have this episode. It's important for us to have a dialogue about gender identity and gender identity pronouns, because for me personally, it's a very intriguing topic that I want to learn as much about so that I can be respectful to others in our society who may identify differently than the traditional he, him labels. It's with great pleasure I welcome Heather and Elizabeth to the show. 
Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate it. Thank, Thank you for you. the nice introduction. And and one thing I need to say, I know I probably just said something that wasn't accurate, and I want to be corrected if I if I did say anything that isn't at, during this conversation today. If there's anything that's that's brought up that needs to be corrected on the record, I want anyone to just join in and do that. But I want to ask how you both do. And I know Heather, you're in New Jersey, and Elizabeth, you're in Fort Lauderdale. Is that right? Because I'm in Tampa. And how, how's everything? Yeah, I'm in New Jersey, and I, yeah, and I think you know, Jason. My wife is a doctor in the phys, and she's an emergency physician, so dealing with this on a daily basis is definitely stressful. And you know, it's important that I say, like, I say wife now because that's something I wasn't able to say for a really long time, and. It's nice to be able to identify with being a, a female and being married to a female with my gender pronouns being she, her, hers. I'm grateful to be here just to open up the dialogue for uh, anyone that's worth list, that, that is willing to listen to us and uh, educate themselves. Heather, I just have to tell you, and I'll share this with my audience. One of the best things I got to do is marry you to your wife. That and be the officiator at your wedding in New Jersey a few years back. And I have to say, when I look back, if you had to review your life, you know, they say those moments where you have your life flash in front of your eyes. The moments in my life where they flash in front of my eyes is, for example, finding out Lizzie was born 20 something years ago, finding out I got to officiate your wedding. And I just say there's a lot of pride there. And I appreciate you joining our conversation today, because for me, it's so important that with everything we've been going through collectively the last year and a half to two years, one of the things we need to do right now is hold ourselves accountable and do so in a way where we can respect one another and have mutual love and admiration. And, and I can just say, I get, I get kind of, I can get emotional sometimes, but I don't need to, but the struggle that, you, you know, you've been through, I've witnessed and we all struggle in life. And I just want to thank you for, for being able to be a champion right now and, and share your information with such how do I say this right way? I'm a little choked up, but so so much courage. I know that for, for you, this is a lot of courage from where you were six or seven years ago. And it's important. I think for us, one of the best ways to start having a dialogue is by recognizing the dialogue. And gender identity to me is something that I think a couple of years ago, Heather, you could agree with this. We didn't have gender identity back in high school and college, like back then, 20 years ago, this wasn't as pronounced as it is now. And no, no, I agree with you. And it and it's interesting. And I think I've shared with you. So I had um, a co co-chair of a, a club at our school. And uh, it's it's almost mind blowing to me to be able to see a lot of our youth being able to say, well, I'm not binary and these are my pronouns or uh, and just really be comfortable in their own skin. So if anything, you know, I love that we're able to have this conversation and we can continue to be role models for our young youth and just having Lizzie sharing what, what she's sharing at Florida state is pretty amazing too, because again, she's trailblazing for a lot of the, a lot of the youth that are struggling and suffering with mental health issues because they they're not comfortable with who they are. They don't have the support or don't know how to really get the support. Lizzie, I want to ask you since uh, you're an amazing guest of ours as well. I want to ask you to share with our audience, how do you identify and what does that mean to you when you get a chance to explain your 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 own personal, the way you, you view yourself and how you want others in our audience to view you? Okay. Well, I identify as non-binary, which typically means someone that is outside of the binary spectrum. And I fall under non-binary because of the umbrella term non-binary. And if you were to get specific, it would be something like a demigender, uh, which means that you feel of a certain gender, but not all the time. And 
I go by she, they pronouns. Um, I don't really care if you use she or they, just use either. (laughs) It's fine with me. And I think it's really important that people understand that you should use these pronouns because they're not preferred. Oftentimes on application forms, people will ask you, oh, what are your preferred pronouns? But they're not preferred. These are my pronouns. I don't prefer you to call me these things. You will call me these things or you will not address me at all. It's very important that people address people by the pronouns that they want to be addressed by because it reinstates and reaffirms their gender identity and often helps their mental state. And it's very important that you do these things to not hinder someone else's well-being. I I love the way you just said that because you're so, (laughs) you said it in such a succinct way, but it's exactness. I, I think, let's say we're at a gathering in the future once this COVID thing recedes. And let's say, I don't know you. And let's say you're there and you don't have a name tag on and I walk up to you. What would be the best way for myself to introduce myself to you and understand yourself better so that I'm not looking like an idiot, (laughs) you think? Okay. If you're in an event, do not assume anyone's pronouns. Even if they were to be wearing a name tag, don't guess by the name. Yes, my name is Elizabeth. And yes, typically most female, or even if you're wearing a name tag, you shouldn't guess someone's pronouns because yes, my name is Elizabeth, but I go by multiple pronouns. Elizabeth tends to be a female name but that does not mean that I go by female pronouns. So how I would introduce myself is, hi, my name is Elizabeth. I go by she, they pronouns. What pronouns would you like like me to address you by? Or you could say, hi, my name is blank. I go by blank. Is there a name you would like me to call you by? How should I address you? What are your pronouns? Are you comfortable with me using these pronouns in front of other people? Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. Because oftentimes there are some people who are non-binary and go by specific pronouns, but they don't feel comfortable being called those, those pronouns in front of certain people. It's understandable. So for, yeah. For example, I typically don't like being called she, they, depending on the person in front of a, a, sp- a specific person. So if someone were to be more conservative or less understanding of pronouns, I wouldn't want to be addressed by they pronouns or have someone say that I'm non-binary towards that person who is not as understanding because it could cause some tension. Although I think that tension should be resolved, it could cause some uprise in that person who could negatively impact my life and my well-being, depending on how they react. So you have to find a safe place and a safe space 
for you to address this person. And you have to find out through communication how you should address them. Just ask. That's all you need to do. I I appreciate that. I want to say for our audience that I've done some research and one of the articles I found that's really helpful is an NPR article, A Guide to Gender Identity Terms by Laura Wamsley. And I'll share that in the show notes. And Lizzie, I think when you're you're raising this, because you're you're educating me as we talk right now. I don't mean to sound like I'm patronized. I, I really am being educated. I appreciate that. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest challenge you face personally at college and you know, trying to assert your pronouns or just being aware of it? Like what has been the biggest challenge for you? Okay. So I don't know if it was mentioned earlier, but I do attend Florida State University. And typically with a university, the age demographic is typically younger. So there are more open people there. There are more gay people or people who are out in general. And at my school, there is quite a large population of people who go by different gender pronouns than the sex they were born, which is good and all. But a thing that we tend to struggle with is professors or staff members at the university or even students, our peers, calling us by the wrong pronouns. Usually when at the start of the semester, uh, a professor might ask your pronouns. They'll give you an index card to fill your name, your major, your year, and your pronouns. But sometimes they don't. They are only interested in your major or what year you're going to graduate or your favorite movie. And I think that Maybe our favorite movie isn't a topic we should emphasize, and we should rather emphasize our pronouns. And oftentimes, even when you do emphasize your pronouns and you do tell the professor, they don't always address them correctly. I once had a professor where I had entered the semester late because of drop ad, which is basically I switched my class last minute so I could get into the class. I had an introduction essay I had to write, something a little bit about me, and I included my pronouns. And then I was targeted by my professor throughout the rest of the semester. And it was hurtful because they kept picking on me and I didn't know why. I hadn't done anything to them. I was a pretty good student, I would say. I handed my work in on time. I listened when they talked during lecture. I took notes. I did well on the test. I wasn't sort of seeing eye to eye to them. And I sat down one day and I went through every bit of communication I've ever had with the professor because I was going to bring it up to the dean of students. And then I find out, oh, I did happen to mention my pronouns and my pronouns are she, they. I happened to mention that I was not non-binary and then it started clicking that maybe that they were treating me differently because of my pronouns, because I'm queer. (laughs) And I feel like that's often an issue within my school that you aren't addressed properly and that sometimes you're targeted by other people, your peers. Like at my university, we have special housing for LGBT kids where you get to choose if you would like to be put into that special housing. I'm not quite sure what it was called but it allows for trans students to be comfortable living in a dorm as well as people who identify as non-binary, et cetera, um, which I think is a huge improvement. But another thing that they lack on is we have, it's a, a school system called Canvas 
And within Canvas, you can select pronouns, but the pronouns are very limited. They just started it maybe a semester ago. And it's difficult because it limits the way teachers can know your pronouns and memorize your pronouns, especially since she, they isn't in the pronoun list on Canvas. It's she, her, he, him, they, them, and that's it, which greatly limits you, especially if you happen to use neo-pronouns, which are a new form of pronoun where people are claiming their identity and making it fit them and not using the binary terminology of she, him, they, and instead making their own terminology like she, I can't pronounce it, I'm sorry, X-E-Z-E. Z-E-Z-E-M. Correct. Yeah. Heather, what's your input on that? I know as an educator and as somebody yourself that has gone through um, challenges yourself, what's your input on that? I know from my vantage point, it doesn't shock me to hear Lizzie describe that in a college system because I think our educational system has failed to catch up and be well-versed in this stuff. I was going to say, what's your viewpoint on on what Lizzie's sharing about her college experience and the challenges she's dealing with being non-binary at FSU? Yeah, you know what? It doesn't shock me either. However, I thought that the collegiate level would be a little bit more advanced, I guess I should say, than um, the high school level. And and it's interesting because, again, I feel like we're only starting to have conversations about this. And uh, for example, gender neutral bathrooms, that's something, it's a a law where there needs to be gender neutral bathrooms in certain places. And I know that that's not something that we're seeing, you know, frequently. And students, students need to feel safe. So, you know, one thing that we had spoken about in our club, which we thought would be helpful would be to include pronouns for name tags. So instead of just saying, hi, my name is Lizzie, can't there be a certain you know area on your name tag to include pronouns are? So at least you know how to address someone that you don't necessarily know. But you know, I think it's it's going to continue to be fluid. And I think you're going to have more people in your life and in, in educational institutions that are going to be open to learning and to progressing. And I think you're going to have, fortunately, people that aren't open to that. So I think we just need to do our best to continue to educate and to continue to advocate and just support. And again, I think support is the the most important piece there because I think it's always going to be an uphill battle, unfortunately. How do we change that? Again, I think it's just continuing to educate and communicate. And, uh, you know, and and for students with uh, gender neutral protocols, pronouns, I don't think they're necessarily offended if they have staff members or people that are making mistakes, if they're willing to try. However, I think they're most upset if you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Lizzie, that if you have people that just flat out refuse to utilize the gender neutral pronouns. Yeah, that's definitely it. If you happen to misgender someone because you are still trying, let's say, Jay says she and only she because Jay doesn't remember or Jay's still trying. It's okay. It was a simple slip up. It was a simple mistake. You can change it immediately after. Once you remember, oh, they, my bad, and carry on. You don't have to emphasize how bad you feel that you misgendered them because yes, we can recognize that you feel bad about it but don't emphasize how bad you feel. Like 
don't say, oh, it's so hard for me to, to change. I'm so sorry. It's so difficult for, for me to recognize your pronouns and get it right the first time. Just move on. Correct yourself. Say you're right. sorry right. and move on. And that's another thing. There are some people in this world who will flat out refuse, whether it be your family member, a staff member at your school, or some random person in public. And what you need to do, you don't even have to because you have the right to feel offended. I would think it would be rude, inconsiderate, and ignorant. And I would hope that that person changes their mind in the future, because if not, then they will be labeled as ignorant for the rest of time. But don't let it get to you. If you're non-binary, trans, et cetera, whatever pronoun you go by, whether you're cis or not, don't let someone misgendering you on purpose get to you because you know who you are. You can affirm your gender identity by yourself. Don't let anyone take it from you because no matter what someone's going to say or do, you will always be you. You will know the answer. You will know your identity, what pronouns you're going by. It's up to you. And that's another thing. Tell them. Tell them that you will not accept anything but your pronouns. If they mistake or have a mistake, that's okay. Just correct them. But if they are outright refusing, do not address them at all. Do not talk to them. Whether it be your family member or some random person in public or someone who makes fun of the idea of pronouns by making a joke that they go by a tacky helicopter or they identify as a plane now which is a joke that I've seen. And that's also atrocious that people say those things. But don't let that get to you. Tell them outright that you will not speak to them until they address you correctly. You have to draw your line in the sand. You have to be extremely firm for these people to understand that you're not playing around, that this is not a joke. Gender pronouns like I'm in a tacky helicopter is not funny. It's not a joke. You're just being ignorant and rude. I, I don't even get the punchline. <laughs> I don't, right, I don't, right. I don't get it at all. It just sounds ignorant to it, me. It stemmed from a Reddit joke, a Twitter joke. And then people started thinking that the joke was funny. And it's not. I don't see where the punchline is. Absolutely. It just makes you look stupid. You know, one of the things I want to bring up to both of you is the issue with discrimination is just, I can't believe in 2021 going on 2022, we're still dealing with discrimination against LGBTQ and and transgendered individuals. Just uh, the situation to me baffles me. And one of the things that really, I think so important for us to have tolerance is to have increased understanding. And I think that everyone who's gone through this pandemic, if anything, they should gain understanding because we've been alone by ourselves a lot. We've had this virus that's been scaring us for almost two years now, and we've learned to get past it and adjust to it. But we don't need to discriminate against each other for something that you know mainstream society needs to get adjusted to. I think it's more like mainstream society needs to change its paradigm and accept and, and have mutual respect for everyone that's a part of it. And I want to ask you both this, this whole like 
I, I could call it a cultural war with transgendered students not being able to participate in certain sports or bathrooms or all these legislations that you see, uh, the laws that are being passed. I want to ask, have you, have you, either of you dealt with that firsthand with students or with colleagues or peers where it impacts them on a direct level? And I'd like to see if you could share that with our audience. I mean, I can speak for myself, obviously. Um, have have I feel like I've been discriminated against in my life? Um, I'm not necessarily sure if, it, if I've been discriminated against in terms of, you know, gaining employment, but I feel that I may have be, be targeted to some degree. I don't know. Students now in my high school, I think, uh, don't necessarily feel safe. And I think it has to do with just the culture in general with the pandemic. And I think it has to do with the mental health crisis, you know, due to the pandemic, as well as just not feeling um, where uh, the students are feeling supported. I don't feel they have the ability to just reach out to individuals that they feel like they can get the support from. So I think they, they look to our club from time to time to get some support. And, you know, their largest goal is to really educate the community and educate the faculty and educate, you know, staff members, but they're also nervous about that as well. One thing that we have done in our club is just really try to educate. uh, I think you probably know this already, like October is like LGBTQ history month. So just to talk about, um, people who are actors, uh, mathematicians, um, all that are LGBTQ, um, transgender awareness week, uh, November 13th through 19th. That's something we talked about at our club. And, you know, we, we have some students that identify as trans in our school, solidarity week. You're probably familiar with that Lizzie, where, you know, you just, you want the students to feel supported pansexual pride day. So like, these are all things that I think if we continue to educate staff members, uh, the community, friends, and, and the more allies that we can get, I think the, the better understanding we'll have going forward and support for students to not feel shame that we felt growing up, Jason, you know, and yeah. I think there was always that stigma where we felt so much shame where, you know, you couldn't truly say or be who you wanted to be for fear of being targeted. And, uh, you know, I think just the, the more that we are able to empower students and, and people in our community, the better off. Lizzie, I don't know if you had anything you want to add to that. Yeah. So what we need to do to sort of limit the amount of discrimination against people who identify differently outside of the binary spectrum is to increase the visibility of these people. We need to put them in media. We need people to see that these people exist, to normalize it through media or through textbooks at schools, you look at sex ed and a lot of it is just garbage. It's bad. It's trash. I went through 13 plus years of public school and yet did I see anything included about people who are intersex. I didn't find out what intersex was until I was in high school, which is damning of the public school system, especially in Florida. You need to be able to teach students from a young age, acceptance, awareness, visibility, and normalize all of these things, such as intersex. People don't understand that intersex is technically, yes, inside the binary spectrum. And a lot of people don't realize that, they don't include that. it needs to be included. It needs to be visible because 
there's a large population of people who are intersex. And we just need to teach visibility, normalize all of these things, and make people who don't accept these things not normalized. Make them seem like they're the weird ones. Make them seem like they're the crazy ones that they claim us to be. <laughs> I think one of the things I'm hearing from both of you is, is the need for increased understanding and mutual respect and having the ability to want to understand is what needs to be something that changes in society. When you're dealing with a, a large spectrum of society that hasn't really been aware, I think our society is probably broken down the following areas. This is generalization, not based on any statistics, but most people, if they have someone in their life that brings it to their attention, then they're more informed. But until that happens, they just are educated by whatever their peers say or whatever is on TV or in the media, social media, et cetera. So, I understand with what you're both saying, the need to increase understanding and having visibility. I love the fact that you were bringing up awareness weeks, awareness months. I love awareness months. The problem is if you look at you could Google today, and I'm sure there's some awareness of some cause for today that none of us are discussing right now because there's so many awareness months and so many awareness days and weeks. And I think we have to celebrate the meaning behind the awareness meaning to bring it forefront and, and really have passion about it rather than say, oh, it's Identity Awareness Day in Hawaii today. You know, like we, we got to right. do more together. And I, right. I love the fact that we can have this dialogue today because Lizzie, I've known you your whole life. How often do we talk about this topic? Very frequently recently, but before that we didn't have dialogue. And Heather, I've known you since I'm 16 years old. And I can tell you the reason I started laughing earlier, Lizzie, when you brought up sex, ed sex education I thought back to Heather and I being in high school and what our sex education was like at a public school in New Jersey. I think right. it was like the birds and the bees. And then we fast forwarded and then we watched some really outdated sex education film from the 60s. And then they tried to do a banana with a condom. And the next thing you know, boom, we're, we're certified. We're, we're educated in sex education. That's right. where we're at. No right. gender identity, nothing like that back right. then. So just to think oh, that in 20 God. years time, 20 years time, we've moved incrementally like grass grows outside but that's why i laugh I about it yeah we definitely have jason and it's interesting <laughs> you bring that up because even if you turn on the tv right now like you can notice like some of the commercials will have same-sex couples or uh you know biracial marriages and that's not something we've seen in the last 10 years so i do feel like we are moving forward and it may not necessarily be at a pace where everyone is comfortable with but we definitely are moving in the right direction. I know like there's an LGBTQ curriculum, which is supposed to be utilized in the New Jersey school systems. And, and I'm part of a group on Facebook where, uh, you know, it, it's, it's frustrating where some school districts, they don't see it being implemented due to resistance. Some, I think we're going to deal with resistance going forward. But I think again, you know, what Lizzie's saying is to just continue educating and doing the best that we can to you know, be positive and normalize it. I, I think, you know, that that's the best way going forward. You know, I was going to ask you, Lizzie, in your, in terms of uh, applying to schools, do they make you, what gender options do they give you? Do they give you ma male, female, non-binary? Because, you know, that's something we're starting to see in, in high school too, where we have a non-binary category, non-binary, male or female. And then when it goes to obviously students requesting records, there are a lot of laws where students are allowed to request name changes to legal records. So I guess I was just looking for, you know, more information at the collegiate level. 
Well, I can tell you, I just applied to a lot of different things, especially with grad school coming up. But it's not looking too great at the collegiate level. I remember when I applied for FSU that there were only two options, male or female. There was no other box where you could fill anything in. I just applied for the GRE test uh, to get into grad school. They only had male and female. Our FAFSA, the government level financial fund, also only male and female. They might have updated it since I last did it, but from what I saw that there's a lot of catching up they need to do. Right. I want to ask this question because this is something that lies under the surface, but it's so critical and important. Mental health awareness in this category, the two intersections. How do we help people who are listening to this right now? Let's say someone lives in a, a very rural area and let's say it's, it's a jurisdiction where you don't have support and people feel isolated and you know, statistically, suicide is high in LGBTQ youth and transgendered youth. And I just want to say, what do you guys recommend in terms of helping someone in the audience who struggles with this stuff? It's not just about the acceptance of pronouns, but it's about acceptance of them directly to help them feel accepted, to help them not want to end their life. Like, what would you recommend? Well, I think if they're in a school, I mean, if they feel comfortable to look for some sort of support within the school, but I do know that there are a lot of organizations. I mean, everyone has a phone and they can go online to find uh, a lot of support groups. PFLAG is one in New Jersey where students can get support. You can Google mental health awareness, LGBTQ, and, and a ton of resources will come up. And I think Lizzie can probably talk about Florida or just anything you know nationally, but I think help is always out there. And I think it's just being able to take the first step to reach out to someone. Um, the phone is a great example of one of the tools that you can use to reach out. Whether you need to call a therapist to have someone who's confidential to talk things out with, who is not allowed to tell your secrets to anyone else if that's something you're afraid of, or you could go on a platform where there's a lot of people like you, Tumblr, for example, or Twitter, possibly Instagram. There are groups out there on those social media platforms that you can find, that you have access to, that will comfort you and accept you with open arms because all of those people have gone through the same exact things that you have or that you will possibly. And they can help coach you like I was. I didn't know what non-binary was until sometime in high school. I wasn't taught those things. I wasn't taught what intersex was. I wasn't taught what demigender was. I wasn't taught any of those things. However, I went on the internet and I found my people. I found people who looked like me acted like me, accepted who I was, and taught me those things. What you need to do is be open to the idea. You start with the idea, the thought that maybe something doesn't feel right. I don't feel like this term matches me. It doesn't feel like right. And then you need to find and research a little. Go on Google. Type in, like the website that Jason will provide, type in that website, look through the terms, educate yourself, 
and take it in your own hands and try to find acceptance through different communities, whether it be a queer community or a community online or one that you could jumpstart yourself. Because maybe in your area, there's other people like you that you haven't found yet because they're trying to find people like you that they don't have anyone else that they think they can go to. You can always be the first step. You don't have to wait for someone to let you in. I love that. Absolutely. I have to say this. The fact that we're having this conversation right now for me is liberating because I feel like the general public doesn't have, I Google these things and you can find YouTube YouTubers or social media influencers who talk about these topics. But I feel like the more we can get these topics to the forefront through different platforms, then mainstream media covers certain parts of it, but there's certain parts of it they don't. It's important. We need to have these kind of dialogue in order to help people really, I'd say, shape their ideas in the right direction. One of the things I pray for every day during this pandemic, it's going to sound silly to say this to you, but I pray in the morning when I meditate and I pray that tolerance and increased understanding become as contagious and that everyone who, who struggles with that can somehow learn to understand That's the word I think I'd like to leave our audience with is increased understanding, mutual love, respect. Those are things that we really need to do. And I get excited talking about it because for me, it's something I really want to live by. And I think each of you are living your examples yourselves. I want to ask this. What do you think is the greatest challenge to being open about your gender identity or your sexual orientation or any of those kind of issues? What do you find is the greatest challenge for you, but also the greatest reward? So I think for me, it's being different. Being different is, it's not always easy. It's not the easiest road to take. And uh, so much easier to feel appreciated and like you belong to a certain group. So when I think taking a, a different path, it's scary. It's the fear of the unknown. So for me, just I look at, you know, the background that I've had and uh, if I can do anything going forward, it's to say it's okay. It doesn't matter if you're 15, 25, 40, I'm 46 right now. You can continue to be happy and you can continue to live your life. and, And it's okay. You're going to hit obstacles. Things are going to be difficult, but you will always be able to find a support system. So Lizzie brought up a lot of great ways to find support is just taking the courage to find the support. And I, I often tell my own children, get their erasers on pencils. No one's perfect and you're going to continually make mistakes. But once you make those mistakes, that's the way that you learn. You learn from your mistakes and you can go forward and, and make whatever adjustments you need to. I love that. <laughs> How about you, Lizzie? You have anything else to add? I, I love I love the, the, the dynamic of both of you on here because it's kind of like you provide different generational viewpoints. Yeah, and I think that's very important to address the different perspectives and make them come together so there's a mutual understanding between the different perspectives. I think that the hardest thing for me was the fear, the the fear of being left out, the fear of being misinterpreted, the fear of someone finding out and then telling everyone, the fear of me being able to tell someone being taken away from me because it's something that's mine. This is mine and no one can take this away from me. But there are some people who accidentally do it or purposefully let your secret or whether or not you want to be fully out or not, it doesn't have to always be a secret, but taking your ability to claim something that's yours, your identity, like this is mine. And the fear of someone taking that away from you 
but no one's going to take it away from you because it'll always be yours, whether you address it or not, it's yours. And you don't have to always fear these things. Eventually, you will learn that no one's going to take it away from you. And even if someone doesn't like that you're this way, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you will find people who do accept you. You don't have to fear being left out of the crowd because there's always going to be someone that's similar. There's what, 7.5 billion people on this planet. I'm pretty sure the odds are that there's at least one person who's going through the same shit as you are. And you don't have to fear anything about your identity. You don't have to fear the reactions of your family or your friends. Because at the end of the day, it's about you. It's your identity. It's what you want. And you can push aside all those other people, all those other fears, and find what you want, accept what you want, and continue. Go out throughout your day being who you are and not have to fear who you are. No, just and be authentic. I mean, I think yeah. that's... Know, just be authentic, be true to yourself. Um, you only get to be here, you know, for a short amount of time. So, you know, rather than living in turmoil, just be authentic. And I, I agree, Lizzie, you'll, you will find the support. I always like to end on a positive note of saying, what do you think is the most positive aspect of being able to look towards the future with hope with this issue and increase understanding in society? If you want, I can go first. I would say the most positive aspect about it is that we're beginning to recognize where we need to grow. We're beginning to understand that there are people who are different than the mainstream who need to be respected and loved and admired and, and, and validated. And I think that that by itself with the positive side of human nature and human spirit, the giving side that can help us. And I I'm very positive and optimistic going forward that eventually we'll get it right. I agree with you, Jason, and I am positive as well. I have a, a daughter who is a freshman in high school. I have a son who is a sixth grader, and they both don't see color. They don't see gender. They they are the most open-minded children, students, young adults that I've come across, and they encourage those to be themselves, and they don't see anything wrong with being different, and I think that that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah. To bounce off of that, one of the most positive experience that we are going to see is the new generation being able to live with more acceptance, with more visibility, to be normalized for who they are and not ostracized for what gender or race or sexuality that they are. And this new batch of kids are going to be able to push us even further as we create a tidal wave of acceptance and carry it throughout different generations. My generation now has a bigger grasp or more understanding for different ideologies. And if we keep pushing and inching our way up and spreading normalization and understanding and love and appreciation for people for who they are 
it'll just continue and we will teach our future generations to do the same thing. And eventually with hope somewhere down the line, there will be this immense amount of appreciation and understanding for these people to where they can do the things that they want without any backlash, good things, hopefully, (laughs) or be and identify who they want to or what they want to without any backlash. I want to thank you guys for joining this dialogue today and creating it for our show. I I just, it, it really is, how do I say this? Such an amazing feeling to have two exceptional people in my life highlighted on my platform, meaning my goddaughter and my best friend from high school, people I love and admire more than anything else. Like I have so much appreciation that you guys had the courage to come on the show today and share this because I wouldn't have had a dialogue without you guys on. I'd be talking to the camera. Not many people are interested in me reading off gender terms from something I found on an internet website. I'd rather have it human interaction discussing these things. And you guys are are trailblazers and you're doing so much to help this topic become forefront like I want it to be. And I, I think in your own examples, and I admire people that live by their own example to be the best version of who they are. And that's what I admire both about both of you. And that's, I just want to thank you both for coming on. I really do. Thank you for having me, Jason. <laughs> of course. Thank you. <laughs> it It's my pleasure to be able to spread information from my experience and how some people can take my experience and hopefully improve theirs. I just want to thank Heather and Lizzie for coming on the show today. One of the best things I enjoy doing is being able to create my own content and have people who are very dear in my life share their experiences with our with our audience. Everyone has different viewpoints and I respect that. But one of the things I have to share with my audience is if you could do anything and take away anything from this episode, think to yourself, are you doing everything that you can to understand people different from yourself? Have you understood gender identity pronouns before today? Is this the first time you've heard this topic? Do you feel open-minded about it? Or do you feel like you have resistance internally about it? Do you find that it's difficult for you to think of these issues and grasp these issues? Regardless of how you view that answer to the question, I'll just say this. It really doesn't matter about you because right now it's more about increasing tolerance and acceptance. And the only way that that'll take place is if we collectively as a society work within ourselves and help each other. And I challenge every single member of this audience to Google the information we're discussing and think of the human factor here. There are human beings on this planet who I love and admire, and there are people who I know. And if we could increase acceptance for them, they would deeply appreciate it. Your future generations would deeply appreciate it. We need to do this. This isn't something that's on my make-believe list. This is a a real thing we need to change and do now. And we need to change perceptions from within. So if you feel like you're challenged, be challenged. Figure out a way to become more accepting and understanding. As we just showed to this episode today and in other episodes, all these issues affect individuals. And as we go into the 2020s more so, we need to respect these individuals and respect ourselves and how we carry one another. We need greater tolerance, acceptance, visibility, and love. And I encourage every member of this audience to think about that and consider it. Think of the people involved in your schools, other people's children, or adults who struggle with these issues. Offer a caring approach. 
And just know that with love, we could change a lot of these things and with caring and mutual understanding. So thank you so much. I will have information in the show notes. Check out this information. If anyone would like to provide feedback, you can always email me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Thank you so much. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business, spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.